Hey guys, this is Sean. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a really big history buff. I recently got turned on to a podcast called Scottish Clans. It basically talks about the historical aspects of different clans, stories of clan battles, how clans work, the composition of clans. It's really interesting. It really doesn't deal a lot with general Scottish history, but more focuses on clans and all the aspects about them. Uh, as a history buff, I found it real interesting, and I think you will too. So please check out Scottish Clans. Welcome to... forgot the name of the show. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, is, is, is everybody ready? Yeah, everybody's ready. Are you sure? Yeah, let's go. Ready. I don't know what happened just now. <laughs> All right, no music. You couldn't get it. That was good. Take yeah, two. Yeah, the music. Right. Uh, ready? Welcome to We Could Be Wrong, but who cares? With your hosts, many hosts, Anderson. Sleepy Harris. Sun Tzu. Sean. And Mike. And let's Ooh, go. My echo. Woo. It got, so, it got lighter this time, though. Yeah, it's okay. Energy. And Mark. And Mark. Welcome, and Mark. ladies and gentlemen, people from around the world and at different time zones. Uh, this is your panelist, Sleepy Harris. Uh, today I will be a panelist and we have a moderator for today's show and it's our fan favorite, um, Sun Tzu. Fan favorite. Yay. Yay. Hello everyone. I know this is a different, different setup for you all. So hopefully we'll enjoy, but, um, thank you, Chris, for allowing me to moderate today. I'm super excited. And I know all of you are, especially Sean and Mike. How are you guys Absolutely. doing today? Absolutely. I'm Amen. thrilled. <laughs> I have different opinions. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, you know, I know there's been a lot going on, so we're going to deviate away from political topics today and give everyone a break um, from our fighting. Well, not fighting. We're like, we're like siblings just kind of arguing, but then we love each other at the end of the day. So, um, and one of the topics that we wanted to discuss was, um, you know, raising our children in today's world, you know, with the LGBTQ um, community growing and very predominant these days. And it's spoken about quite a bit, you know, in the media um, and how it is to raise a child. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I have four kids that are, two of them are still in school. And, um, you know, they do see that and, and see some kids that are uh, considered transgenders. Um, and I did talk to my daughter today and asked her how she referred to that person and, you know, how they felt about that particular student. And so I got some feedback from her. It was quite interesting. Not too much. I think there's a little confusion. I think at that age, she's 14. So there's not much of a, an opinion on it. But what I did gather from her is that some of the kids just kind of stay away from communicating with that person because they don't know how to uh, there's a sense of maybe that person's a little different, strange, you know, just comments like that. So I thought I'd ask you, you guys, I think all of you have kids as far as I know, and would love to hear your, uh, your comments on what it would be like or what you feel about that right now, or if you are possibly put yourself in a position, if you had kids in grade school, how you would feel about raising them, you know, with teaching them about the, um, the transgender community. So, Mike, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 
Oh, I'm, I, let me, I'm going to defer because, um, um, I'm, I'm old school. So I'm, I want to hear some, some opinions before I chime in, if you don't mind. Okay. I think that we can start with, uh, Anderson. Well, it's kind of hard for me to discuss this because I am an absentee father. I'm pretty much, uh, a terrible dad. So I will refer that to Chris. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I like my jaws dropping at just saying this. <laughs> Let me put it right back up where it was. <laughs> you know, my kids actually, um, so we go to the store and uh, it was a lady, but she was dressed as a man. And my eight-year-old caught it and he goes, Dad, that's a, that's a girl, right? Or a guy? And I go, well, that's a girl who looks like wants to be a guy. And it kind of tripped him out. And I had to explain to him, you know, some people are born male, but associate with being a female. And it's, for me, it's okay. And you shouldn't treat them any different at all, in my opinion. And that's what I gave to my son. How do you, when you say associate as, you know, another sex, like, how do you explain that? Like, that, that's kind of, that's a, that's a difficult word, I think, for a kid to understand what, like, what that means or what it entails. Yeah, he just, well, pretty much he, I'm glad you asked that, because he was like, what do you mean? And I explained to him, well, he was born a girl, and pretty much he wants to be a boy. And, and to explain that to a kid, that's the easiest way to explain it for me. Because he didn't bring up, well, doesn't he have, you know, yeah, not a people like me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, it was easier for me to explain that. And he understood maybe because he was so young or maybe because he is young. Not like how how old, how old is your son? He's eight. He's eight. Oh, okay, so that's pretty young. Okay. Yeah, I would think that someone older would maybe ask a follow-up question like, "Well, why would they think they're a girl if they were yeah, born a boy?" Yeah, he didn't even he didn't even ask. You know? He didn't even yeah. ask. It's like respect other people. Don't laugh because he kind of giggled, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you got to respect everybody. Well, I like that point. That's super important because regardless of anything, we should always show respect and love for everyone. So I'm glad that you did that. That's a good fathering tip. Good job, Anderson. You're not an Thank absentee you father. <laughs> what about what about you? What about you, Sleepy Harris? What's going on over there in that brain? Well, um, the first thing, Sleepy Harris. The first thing that I really want to do is I want you know because I have a lot to say on this subject, but what I really wanted to do was to challenge Mike on this because I don't understand what he means by old school. Like I, when he said that, I, I kind of got triggered a little bit. What is what Mike? What do you mean by old school? Like, what does that mean? Well, um, it, just that it's it's never really been on my radar, to tell you the truth. It certainly wasn't on the radar, or or if it was, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, it really wasn't on my radar too much uh, as a as a teacher. Through all the years that I taught, there were some um, gay kids, but not not um, gender neutral or whatever. I'm not, I don't even know the right terms anymore. So that's what I mean by that, Chris. I'm, I feel a little dated 
in my perspective on things because I just haven't had much exposure. You do represent, though, a lot of people, and so it's it's good for you to kind of explain. Well, that, and that makes a lot of sense to me, Uh-oh. and thank you, Chris, for asking that question. Uh-oh, what? Uh-oh, I, I can, I, you cut off, that's why. <laughs> oh, did I? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, for me, you cut off. I don't know about the other guys. No, I heard. Okay. I heard her. so, so, Mike, so when you were a teacher, you, you experienced kids who were homosexuals, but never mm-hmm. quite the transgender where they wanted to transition into another or, or associated themselves with another sex is that what you're saying i can't i can't you know i'm going back to my my cobwebbed brain but i can't really think of any you know along the way that that wanted to identify as a different sex um but a number of gay kids but and again you know i lived through the time when being gay was definitely looked down upon so students didn't identify with being gay and then there was a time I have to say when it seemed like it was cool to be gay in high school Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense I mean it seemed like it was very popular to kind of talk about it and act a little bit that way uh, toward you know I'm not so sure but you know what so what so what and you know so I I just got a feeling that there was a, a I don't know. It was kind of cool. That's the best way to explain it, to kind of to identify that way. So being that you don't have children that you're raising or no longer teaching kids, how, what are your thoughts now being yeah. that you grew up that way? Like, how do you feel about it now? How do you view it, seeing parents raising kids and, you know, basically being okay with them embracing that? I, I guess part of that depends on the age. To me, I mean, if um, there's a when when do you identify your your gender? When does that become um, cemented in in people? I'm not real sure about that. I don't think anyone uh, is. So, <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, you know, well, one thing that I've noticed is that uh, I don't know if you guys have seen. I don't know if you remember when you were children, or if you've seen little boys playing with Barbie dolls and babies and things like that. I, I recall, you know, knowing some dads that were super concerned about that and mm-hmm. later found out, I later found out that um, psychologically, that's actually really normal for boys to do that at a very young age. That has nothing to do with what they associate themselves with as far as sexually or whatever. But, but that's a good question because we have to all think back, when did we actually realize that we are what we are, right? And yeah. and. And when are we ready to really determine whether or not we are a boy or a girl? So, Sean, do you have any input for us? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. lucky I have way too much input on this. And uh, cut me off <laughs> when you want, just because I had a transgender son who committed suicide. Um, okay. If I get emotional, please excuse me. Um, I was raised in a little New Hampshire town, which is pretty white and affluent. Uh, we weren't rich, but I mean, there was just all white people. There was no homosexuals, no gays, no lesbians that we knew. Then I joined the military. And that also was not big at that time frame for acceptance, especially with the Marine Corps. Um, but then I moved to California and I had my kids by then. And we have four kids too, Sun Tzu. So we had four kids, but four, I still say four. Um, mm-hmm. So I know what it's like raising a lot of kids. And um, my my oldest son, Anthony who started um, 
secretly wearing women's clothes, like bras and stuff like that, probably about age nine when I first caught him. And I have to admit the first time I caught him, I was not, I, I wasn't a good dad. I don't think I didn't accept it as much as I should. Um, and then when he what came out, me, I, I got angry with him and I, I, oh, okay. I, it's one of those things I regret now because he's not here anymore. And yeah. I don't think that made a difference. I don't think that's what put him over the edge, but you know, as a father, you always, you always second guess what you do with your kids. It's just natural. But then, you know, when he got into high school, he started wanting to wear more feminine clothes and he would wear the weirdest stuff to school. But the thing is, I live, and for those of you who don't know, and I'm not, I, it's not going to narrow down where I live, but I live in the San Jose area. And my son went to a school that was very gender fluid. It's exactly like Mike said. I mean, being gay or lesbian was kind of cool for some people. So I think they actually did it not being gay or lesbian, but just to be cool, you know? But then Anthony actually came out to me saying he was transgender. He called me and because he, he was back in Maine at that time period visiting family back there. And yeah, what was the age? Yeah. Uh, Anthony was 24. When he told 20, you? Yeah, 24, okay. 25 at the time when he told me. Mm-hmm. And then I was much more open-minded and more like I am nowadays and said, hey, you know what, son? I love you. I don't care. What makes you happy is what makes me happy. You're not in my bedroom. I don't care what you do. You know, um, and then he ended up being decided he wanted to be a transgender lesbian because he still liked females. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it was just it was a weird situation. He went through the hormone shots and went through a bunch of stuff. But and I'm, I'm not saying this about all transgenders at all. But Anthony, his uh, mother was bipolar because that was my first wife. She was bipolar. And we pretty sure that Anthony had a lot of the same issues. And I think he was bipolar as well and refused to do medications. And I think the depression finally got him one day of living in Maine in a transgender, non-friendly community and killed himself. And um, I, I think too many people don't accept because, you know, if it doesn't affect us, if it's not affecting my life, I don't worry about it. I have many patients that are actually transgender and I treat them here in the Bay Area. And it's like, you know, hey, I call them by what they want to be called. It really doesn't matter to me. As long as that person's happy, I'm not here to infringe on in their life. And I thought that was kind of cool how the Pope came out and said, hey, you know, same-sex unions, I'm okay with. I thought that was kind of cool of him. I think that was a big deal. Quite a big yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, anyway, so I, I don't want to m- manipulate the conversation just because, I mean, I have had a transgender son, but I, I think it's pretty much more common nowadays than it used to be. Exactly like Mike said, when I was in the military, it wasn't accepted. There was no gays or transgender in the military, and now there is. You know, I just think that times have changed like everything else and people are becoming more acceptable to different people's lifestyles as long as it doesn't directly affect you. Right. Well, first of all, Sean. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The question was, I never heard of it was Sean and uh, Michael saying that it was cool to be gay. I never saw that ever. I didn't until my kids. Yeah. Yeah, I I actually did recently, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah, I never had it. Yeah, I remember going to college and it and, wasn't cool what you did. <laughs> Anything I did in college was not cool at all. <laughs> Sorry, my wife, I had if my wife is listening. <laughs> turn it off. Turn off the radio. No, I'm just <laughs> so, grow, I grew up in LA, and um, when I moved to the Bay Area to go to college, it, it was so weird to me when I went to, uh, to San Francisco. 
and I've mm-hmm. never seen so many gay people, and and they were happy. And I was like, you know what? This is actually cool. Because growing up in L.A., you know, being gay, it was just like, oh, you can't be gay. Yeah. I mean, like, my dad is real old school, and, you know, either me or my brother was gay, you know, he would not accept it. He would think it's, he probably still thinks it's a disease being gay. You can be cured. You can be cured. It yeah, was a big exactly. deal about that for quite a while. That was a huge deal. And I remember when I went to San Francisco and it was Halloween and there were so many gay people, they were holding hands. And I'm like, I told my dad, I was like, dude, these guys are happy. These women are happy. Mm-hmm. Dude, just like us, who cares what they do in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. I think more. I think they're assessed more on what they do in their bedroom than the than their character. Mm-hmm. That that's a good point, Anderson. I think that that's where we've we've kind of the direction we've gone into is focusing so much on that sexual orientation part of the person, which is really the smallest part of who we are as human beings, right? Rather than focusing on who they are, their character, their their wit, their their you know, their goals in life and things like that. And it just seems like we're characterizing people by their sexual orientation, which I feel like is not the best way to go about things like this. And so I did have a follow-up question for Sean, um, being that you experienced that, Sean. And I do want to say, I'm sure on behalf of everyone listening, I'm so sorry to hear that. I, I did kind of hear, I think, a while back, but I forgot that you had that experience. Um, and Thank so you. I know how hard it is to raise kids as it is. So to have that on top of it is just, that's difficult. So, um, and then with your rea- your reaction, I have to say that I'm sure there's many of us that would relate to you and how you responded because um, we're raised in such a way with it, traditional marriage and things like that, and it's ingrained in us that anything outside of that, it's just new for us, you know. And I think that there's there should be a sense of understanding on both sides, right? Because when a kid comes out, they also need to understand. Listen, this is new for me as a mom or dad. Let me give me some time to wrap my head around it as well. You know, you can't just automatically flip the switch and say, "Okay, this is great." So, um, so hopefully you've gotten past, you know, feeling any kind of uh, guilt for that. But um, I guess my question is, you know, with mental health disorders and things like that, you know, I know they've linked that to people who are, you know, homosexuals or transgenders. And you mentioned that the mother had, um, she was bipolar. Do you feel like maybe if there was some treatment? on that part of, you know, what he was dealing with that maybe that would have helped somehow? Like, what have you kind of reflected on that a little bit? That, that's a really good question. And um, I, I don't think the bipolar had much to do with him being, wanting to be transgender. Would it have helped with the suicide? Yes, I think so completely. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't go with treatment because he was out by his mother in Maine. And trust me, for any of you people that know the country, Maine is not the place to go when you're transgender. He left mm-hmm. San Jose, which has the biggest LGBT community, you know, it practically in the world, and went to Upper State Maine, which you can't do anything with. Um, but his mother tried to get him on treatment, and he didn't want to, and he was an adult, so there was uh, actually not much we could do in that. But one additional point, and it's funny, and Chris, you, you yeah. through different ways, know my father-in-law. Yeah. John actually started recognizing him by Victoria and called him Victoria. And accepted it. And John's an old school, hardcore, you know, uh, 87 year old man that we never thought would accept it. And he finally did. 
I think it's love that makes us all accept in the long run. It's easy when it's not one of your own family to go, oh, I don't know if that's right. As soon as it hits you close to home to someone you care about, I think it makes people kind of open up and see that there are possibilities. You know, that just, and one other thing that someone mentioned, they were talking about, uh, you know, when do they feel, or someone said that, you know, well, they're born a guy and think they're a woman. I personally truly believe that some people were born a woman in a man's body and some people were born a man in a woman's body. That's my, my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's just honestly my opinion. Do you believe now there's that nurture versus nature, you know, also argument, right? Do any of you believe that some of it is nurture the way that they're the environment they're in, the way that they're being raised, perhaps Chris, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, so I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I thought it was interesting that what Sean said about, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm not sure about that until it was their own kids. I have kind of an opposite experience of that. Uh, so I, you know, I went to a conservatory. So I studied in performing arts. My concentration was in theater, but I did everything from music to film, you know, did the whole gambit of things. Um, so I was around a lot of people in the LGBT community, AI, however it is now. Sean, what is it? What's the proper term now? No, you're right. The LGBTQ community. Okay. So I was, you know, I was around a lot of people. And because I'm of mixed race, growing up, you know, in the 80s, I felt kind of like an outcast a little bit. So I was always an advocate for the outcast no matter what. You know, uh, in high school, um, you know, as a freshman, there were gay kids there and, you know, they would, they would get picked on and I would go and, you know, defend them. And I had a lot of people call me gay. There was actually a, a incident where I was, um, I was in a forensics tournament and, uh, me and, and a group of kids, you know, like, I, I don't know why my high school couldn't afford rooms for all of us. But a bunch of us was in a room, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay. uh, so this is a this is a dig on. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, this, is a, dig, this so, is a dig on his forensics coach, you guys. So, so what uh, what ended up happening was um, there was this one student in particular. Um, geez, I don't know. Um, I don't, I honestly don't know if I was a freshman or a sophomore, to be honest, but I know he was in his final year, a real smart kid. And like, everyone really didn't talk to him. He was real quiet, real weird. And I, I remember, um, you know, I became real friendly with him real close. And like, you know, I was like, I was into all types of music. And I remember we would talk, you know, we drove all the way from our small little town to, you know, a bigger city to do our tournament and whatnot. And I would talk and we were just cool. And like, I always stuck up for like, I mean, he had seen me out, you know, during break periods and lunch or whatnot. And I would stick up for like a gay kid that was being picked on because, you know, I was a, I was a tough teenager and I was down to do whatever I was fight. I would fight. And, you know, so he had this idea that I was a safe person to be around. Now, you know, when, when you're a teenager, you're selfish, dude. You don't want to sleep on the floor because the floor sucks. 
And you know, they're like, all right, who's gonna sleep on the bed? Who's on the floor? I was like, you know what, dude, I don't care. I'll sleep on the I'll sleep on the bed with anyone. Let's just go sleep on the bed. So Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, okay. Because some some boys didn't yeah. want to sleep together no, on they a, didn't. Um, you know. No, absolutely. So that was a big deal. That right, was a big right. deal. So, yeah, I'd rather yeah. I'd rather sleep on the floor than sleep with this. Yeah. You know, I know this guy, but you know, that that kind of attitude. Yeah, and then like no one like, you know, and again at during that time, right? People weren't like all about, eh, I'm gay because it wasn't cool at that time, in, you know, in high school in the 90s. And uh so this upperclassman that I was cool with, I was like, "Oh, do you meet me homeboy will we'll go and we'll sleep on, you know, you know, in 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 the bed." So we're sleeping and in the middle of the night, you know, this young man you know, tried to touch me, you know, and I, I was like, whoa, what's going on? And I was nice. I wasn't rude. You know, I didn't threaten him or nothing. I was like, whoa, bro, what's going on? And yeah, I could tell he was embarrassed. And I was always the person for the underdog. I always fought for the outcast. I was like, bro, it's, you know, I was like, it's cool. It's all right, man. It's not a big deal. You know, I think we were, I think we were there for two nights, to be honest, for our tournament. And, uh, you know, everything was fine. Everything was cool. Not a big deal. Okay. I, of course, slept on the bed now because I felt funny. You know what I mean? I slept on, you know, I, I slept on the floor, How not the bed. How old were you again, On Chris? the floor. On the floor, How yeah. How old were you, slept, Chris? I was... Uh, teenager? I, yeah. I, I, I think I was a sophomore. I think I was a sophomore. I don't remember. Mm. Um, because I think the following year... I 36. I was 36. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was, a couple uh, years ago. Uh, <laughs> I was, um, he was an older student. He was one of the older kids. Yeah. yeah. Well, this kid that, that, that had touched me was, he was a senior. It was his last year. And I slept on the floor. Now the following night, like it was weird. And we, I didn't really talk to the dude. Uh, cause I felt really weird about it. You know? I mean, when I say this dude tried to touch me, I mean, literally, he tried to touch me. You know, touching was wow. happening. And I didn't make a big deal out of it. I, you know, I just kind of like, hey, it's nothing. I'm asleep on the floor. It's not a problem. Um, the point of this story is that I remember uh, we were on our final night there. And I remember that um, some of the other kids how did he had. touch you? How? Because we were sleeping in yeah. the same bed, right? I yeah, slept. What did he, well, you know, I, I mean, I'm in the next room by you. Can you come over and touch me? How he touched you? <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, sure, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> <wants detail. laughs> uh, oh. For sure, you don't want uh, your wife listening on? now. <laughs> are we on? <laughs> so, the oh following night, um, I remember uh, a group of kids tried to try to download porn in our hotel room, right? And that was like a whole thing. And uh, you know, they were trying to do it. They're trying to get porn and whatnot. And like some of us ordered pizza and whatnot. And then I remember I was feeling weird. And um boys being boys. Yeah, well, I remember some of the kids there were like were treating me different. I mean, they, they never really messed with me or were friendly with me, but they were just treating me different. I was tripping out. I didn't know what was going how on. How different? What do you mean how different? They like, were like they were... they were they were like looking at me strange, you know, they were uh -huh. kind of whispering. Distance. Yeah, this day it was really strange, and I was really tripping out, and I was like, "What is going Any on?" Winks? No winks, no winks. <laughs> but I remember um, this one, uh, this another student. Uh, uh, I think he was a junior. He would call, and he would ask to like, "Oh, let me speak to to Chris." I go, "Hello," and then he would just start telling me off. Call you know, called me uh, the f word, not the word 
you know, not F oh, you, but the three the letter F, word. Yeah, but the yeah. three letter word. And I was like, what, dude? And I was like, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, well, what? You know, because I knew who this guy was. I go, look, bro, you know, if you want to fight, we'll fight. You know, and he's like, oh, I bet you just want to. F me up the you know the 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 A and stuff right, yeah, yeah. and I was like, what ah! is going on? So I'm totally like wondering why people are treating me this way. And I remember Wait, this is the guy that touched you. That no, 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 no. This was a totally different student. A totally who who was gay by the way. A totally different guy who ended up coming out the closet later because I would run into that guy later in life. Oh, wow. uh, he he ended up really being gay. So I guess he was in his own way sticking up for the gay kid. So I remember the following day, it was the morning we were all going back home. And I remember um, one of the kids pulled me aside and kids, they were like my age, maybe older, you know, one, one of the guys pulled me aside and he's like, Hey dude, what happened? I go, what I go, so-and-so said he, I was this and that. And I was like, what, you know, Hey, I'm down. If he wants to fight, we'll fight. And he's like, no, no, no. What happened between you and so-and-so? And the funny thing is, I know this kid's name to this day. So that's how much of a big thing it was for me. And I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? And I felt kind of weird because like, I, what? Like, and he's like, well, he, the kid that touched me was telling everyone else I was touching him. Yeah. Oh, he's beating you to the punch. He he tried to get ahead of it. And he was telling mm-hmm. everyone I was touching him and I was wanting to do things with him, but he was scared because, you know, he's not like that. And I, and I, I was like, oh, I was so, I said, Oh, so I remember walking to that kid on the bus and he like, you know, the one guy that I was down to fight, he ended up getting involved in some other girls started getting involved. And I was like, why am I the end? I go, look, I just want to talk to this dude. I just want to be, I just want to understand what's going on. Well, after that, it was weird. And this was my final year, I remember, at this school because I would I would end up going to my conservatory. I would end up going to my conservatory. So, like, I was, like, I was dumbfounded, you know, because I couldn't understand what had happened because I always thought I was a hero. But in this point, I was now a, a abuser and, uh, you know, and a bully. So... Now you're you're sure you were the one that's being touched? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, you know what? I should go to the next room to Anderson and let him answer you on how I touch him. (laughs) But in um, your mind, what's the story? So when I ended up, go ahead. So it it just died there. Uh, Of course, people treated me different, but it was my final year at that school. So who knows if I would have stayed longer, how my how how I would have been perceived. But I was already out that final year. I would I would end up go to, I would end up going I would end up going to Fresno State, where I would run into that young man as a you know now a yeah adult. that's my next question yeah I I remember uh-huh. seeing him at the fashion years fair mall or- uh like two to three two to three years later two to three years later. No, uh, I, I set out for beers or no, 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 no. I was at the mall. I was just at the mall at the mall, oh. and I ran and I ran into him, and I recognized him. Like I, I don't even remember my how wow. my girlfriends looked in high school, but I remember what this guy looked like. You know what I mean? Wait, did you did you remember his face or his hands? Was it his hands? Did you remember? <laughs> remember the shape, um, the touch, the touch, That's the so feel. Wrong. So wrong. <laughs> the, um, 
Go ahead. I don't think we're being, I ever felt. <laughs> I don't think we're being very sensitive to the issue that we're trying to talk so, about. Here, guys. But the, the, oh, I blame it on Chris. Uh, Chris is not yeah. being sensitive to Chris. So yeah, um, it's uh, okay. No, no, no. It's fine. I come on, Rick, come on. I'm, I, He's so, usually the moderator. We can nab him now. So yeah. I remember. I, I remember seeing him, and I go, "Hey!" And I said his name, and I walked towards him. And I had my hands like up defensively. I was like, hey, hey, it's cool. Hey, man, we need to talk. And I remember him just booking it, just running, running through the mall. Wow. And I was like, hey, and I screamed his name. I was like, stop, wait, I want to talk to you. And, you know, and I, you know, and I started jogging. He just <laughs> was running. And I remember the a security <laughs> guard came. I was like, no, no, it's cool. It's, it's all right. I'm not trying to fight. Hey, and he, that was it. I never saw this dude again. I never saw this wow. dude again. And, uh, you know, being okay, him. Okay, how do you know? I'm curious. How yeah. do you know you said you saw the, or you, you found out or realized he was gay? How did you figure that out? By him trying to jerk that? me off. I I never knew he was gay. I just thought he was just this some nerdy dude. You know, oh, no, I mean? after. Did you, did no, you say later down the line that he, that no, he, no. That he was gay? No, no. The or kid something? that called me That's the what? F word. The one that yeah. I wanted to fight. The other I, one. I found out he was gay because he was banging a gay friend of mine. That's how I found out that dude was gay. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, again, oh, okay. I was, I've was i always been a friend to the gay community. I've always had gay friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've, I've always mm-hmm. had gay friends. And, uh, Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, me and that dude never I, – I personally don't like that dude because instead of that dude, you know, instead of him just jumping to conclusions and try to find out the story – this dude right away wanted to attack me. Yeah. And even if I was gay, like he should have been trying to hook up with me, not try to fight me. Like, what's that all about? You know what I mean? Who was he right. proving? Right. You know what I mean? He was still oh, in the right. closet. Defending his own self. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? Can I, yeah, go ahead. Can I, um, I wanted to steer back to um, some things that we can discuss as well. That That's pretty crazy, Chris. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wanted to bring it back I, to I my kids. No, I, I don't. I, I, you know, again, I, I actually wanted to bring it back to like my, my own child and what this goes because I because I have some really contradicting feelings and I wanted to show that okay. I was not anti-gay in no way. I mean, Jesus, mm-hmm. I, I, I used to date a, a, a woman who who had a girlfriend and she tried to beat me up in a bar. I mean, I have crazy stories dealing with the homosexual Mm -hmm. communities, but, um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's a great time. So, um, (laughs) it was, I, it was, it was, it was crazy. Oh, she She was was super. I didn't even know the, it was so funny because she would always come to my, to my apartment in Santa Cruz and I never went to her place and that was fine for me. I didn't care. But like she, like I never knew she lived with a girl and was that was her lover. And when her can, because I surprised her, she was a bartender and an eighth grade teacher, by the way, eighth grade teacher by day, bartender yeah. at night. And um, uh. I surprised her on her birthday and brought her flowers and everything. And her girlfriend tried to kick. I mean, she made a big deal. She's like, get up, mother Wait, effer. So was she was, was she was she bi? Was she bi? The girl I was banging, I think so. You? Yeah, I mean, if she, she was been, yeah. she was banging me. Yeah. She was not dating me. Like we were having sex, so I think that considers you bi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. And or did she go gay after dating you? I, I, no, no, no. And full full <laughs> transparency, I did date a girl in college that ended up turning gay after me. So I so yeah, I mean. I break them always. I turn wow. them gay. I turn them by and I keep them straight. I, I do it all always. Anyways, 
But uh, okay, so back to yeah, back to the story of how this goes with kids. Okay, back to the story how this goes with kids. Now, for some of you that know, um, I I you know I I was with a real conservative woman at one time, and I knew our kid would not be around that. That was weird for me because I was an advocate. And then my current wife, you know, we uh, we we have a daughter, and um, you know, while my wife was pregnant, I I loved Drag Race. I would always watch drag war oh okay i just oh okay sorry i just got a message that's saying me, i needed to <laughs> no no i just got a message saying that i needed to be muted moderator if you need to control it if you need to take over take over i'm sorry i'll stop i'll stop no, no, no. We'll, we'll tune into christopher Sleepy Chris, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a whole different show. No, I mean, we might okay. have so here it is. The, no, no. The whole point was exploit. <laughs> the whole point was that I just wanted to show that I was friendly to the homosexual community. Now, with my daughter. Um, Whoa! Yeah, listen, that, listen, that was your Richard version no, of the I don't, story. Gosh, I'm real. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, listen. In all, in all truthfulness, res- much respect to, to to people that aren't here. Uh, so, um, a sister that's a lesbian. Okay. Um, I always went to, you know, while my wife was pregnant, we always went to gay bars. I love Drag Race. I have a bunch of gay friends. And, uh, you know, I was planning to go to DragCon, which is a convention full of uh, uh, drag queens. Now, I was really excited to go. Um, I've, I don't know why we didn't go that day, but I got messages and images of the drag race. And one of the drag races, they showed these eight-year-old boys that were dressed up, you know, as, as drag queens. They had makeup on. And at that time, my wife was pregnant. And I tripped out. Me, who was always an advocate for the LGBTQ, was now, I felt upset. And I was dis- and I was disgusted about it. I was like, why is this kid dressed like that? And it really questioned who I really was. And then that led to, you know, when my child was born, sister came to visit and she's like, you know, she at that time, she really talked just horrible about men all the time, nonstop, 24 seven. I didn't want her around my daughter. And that was for me a uh, very much identity crisis because I was like, wait a minute, why am I acting this way towards someone that has our turn alternative lifestyle? And I was embarrassed. Say that again. I'm so sorry. He's that because you're a good parent. How? 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 Like eight years old, they shouldn't be doing that. And your daughter, who's so young, why do you want negativity around her? I mean, I I I agree with everyone's freedom of speech, but why do you want such negativity? I mean, if if someone was around my daughter talked negative about women, I'd be, you know what? Come on, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not around my kids who are influential. This is a good segue to the age, like the appropriate age and what we all think is appropriate because we do see, right, all these d- different ages. We have, you know, Gabriel well, Union you, and Dwayne Wade. When, 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 when did you know you were into men, Sun Tzu? Like what age did you know? Um, I remember liking the, my first boy back when I was in second grade. How about I you, Anderson? Having a crush. But, you know, remember the whole, do you like me, circle yes or no, yeah. and you pass on the letter? Yeah, that's yeah. what I remember. 
Yeah, how about you, Anderson? That's a great question. What, what, what age did you know? Um, geez. Yeah, probably young, I guess. Kindergarten. Yeah. Kindergarten, yeah. Fresh. Uh, yeah, so yeah, same here. Like, I, I, at I'm kindergarten, not- I like girls. I knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike? Have I mean, you, can you remember that any- far back? No, but I'm, <laughs> and I don't want to remember that far back, actually. Um, but I, I don't know about that with you. I don't know when your uh, sexual identity starts to fully, genuinely emerge, because what's going to be emerging in kindergarten is you're supposed to like guys. So this guy, you know, like you, your example, Sun Tzu, you said second grade. Um, you know, that's almost like a puppy love, and and you know, right. you know, you you know. By social norms, girls like guys, guys like girls, and so you know. I, but I don't know that that's necessarily you know imprinted at that point yet. Uh, sure. And I, you know, and uh, I'll take that back because I think it can be. Like no, if, maybe. If, if a boy likes another boy, I'm pretty sure he would have a crush on another boy. Okay. Yeah, but okay. you think things will change during puberty when most of our hormones kick in? Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah, my that as well. Well, I, yeah. you always hear the story, you know, I was born gay. You know, I always knew I liked yes. guys yeah. or I like girls at a at a ki- kindergarten. I always knew. Yeah. Yeah. You always hear that. Have any of you met someone that actually said that they chose to like I have. someone of the same sex? Because I, I have. Did. Yeah, same here. And so, when you so, meet chose. So, so well, that it was a choice, that it yeah. wasn't something that they felt that they were born with, that it was something that it was more environmental. Oh, oh. They, they put themselves... Oh. And the environment, and we're around that, and it just kind of became something that they just kind of transitioned into. To me, that into. means they must have had a neutral feeling to some expect, you know, because I couldn't sit there and say, oh, now I decided like guys. Yeah. You know I mean, I was, I think yeah. if they have a neutral aspect to it, then yes, I totally understand that. Well, you know, you know what I what I believe, men and women are, are wired differently, right? Can we all amen. agree we're wired oh, completely yeah. different, yeah. right? And so I feel that men, once they cross that line, there's no coming back. They can't say that they like, because once you've crossed that line, like a woman, like say Anne Hayes, do you remember Anne Hayes? She dated Ellen DeGeneres. And oh, yeah. she, well, hold on. And now she's, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, what I'm saying, well, what I'm saying is that women, I feel can go back and forth for whatever reason, which is, is really strange to me, Thank but God. men, but men, I feel Stop. like once you've crossed over, <laughs> I don't think you can call yourself heterosexual after well, that. Well, let's ask Anderson. As Anderson, when you crossed that line in college. Can <laughs> <laughs> you come back, Anderson? Let's hear it, Anderson. I'll right back. <laughs> hey, hey, Anderson, I got my popcorn and everything. I want to hear this now. I want to hear what your, your college experience was like. As, as soon as I saw that disgusting penis, I go, that's not for me. <laughs> That's such a horrible part of the human I don't know body. how women do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know how they do it. That's <laughs> why we're wired differently, right? Because yeah, exactly. you know, I just can't look at another man's hairy butt and say, that's oh, no, baby. That's yeah. no. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do I've it. seen girls that had hairy butts, dude. I don't know. I've seen that, too. Oh, if there are, I have not seen it, and I hope I never see it. I hope you um, never do either. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> why is it okay for a woman to cross a line and still be okay, but not a but not a guy? That's kind of jerky, I didn't you know? say it was okay. So, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying the way that we're wired that that just, seems yeah. to be an easier back and forth. Transition. Than it is for, yeah. Are you agreeing, Mike? Because man. that's what you like with your you know your women going no, no. both ways, or what? no? 
<laughs> no, I was agreeing because I could understand what she was saying. I, I yeah. got what she was meaning there. Oh. Men, okay, you guys tell me. So I've learned a lot about men, but I'm so glad I'm on a panel full of men. Men are very visual creatures, yeah. correct? Yes. Right. So what, right. once men see something, it's something that's kind of ingrained in their head, and it's just right. it could be something that they fantasize about or whatever or have nightmares about. <laughs> Women aren't like that. I mean, we, oh, you're we, emotional. We're more Definitely. emotional, correct. So my point in bringing that up is if you've crossed the line and the scene and have like, that's something that just stays with you because you're a man, because you're wired that way. And that would be a very hard thing to kind of like block out and like, you know what I mean? And go back to saying, no, I like women. I don't like men, even though I'm- Well, what's crossing a line that. for a dude? Like having a penis in the butt? Is, is that crossing the line? Yeah, it's kind of crossing yeah. the line. Or is it a penis <laughs> in the mouth? Eye, right. Yeah, a bunch of dudes kiss guys on movies. Actors kiss, kiss. I mean, Heath Ledger and Jack Gyllenhaal. I mean, Jesus Christ! You know, those dudes are going mad in that movie. movie. It was a good movie. You know, just because you kiss someone doesn't mean you're crossing the line. What does crossing the line mean? Sexual interaction. So it doesn't have to be. Can you define sex? I Anything that's sexual. No. I don't know. Do I have to? <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're well, what does it, it mean? You're explaining it well. Oh, yeah. whatever. Anything that is sexually involved, that is what I feel like that would entail. Well, I kissing, really just, no, right? Can we all agree on kissing? Because a bunch of actors kiss other men doesn't make them crossing no, the that's, line. That's crossing the line. That's acting. Yeah, it's acting. It's different. Yeah, acting is different, but kissing, you guys, I know men, right? So when when they kiss the right person, they feel all these things oh, and they're just oh, like, it's not just a body, kiss, exactly. Right? It, it could be just a kiss. So if you're kissing another man and you're feeling that, you're already lighting up something there that wasn't there before and that I don't feel like can go back. I don't know. Yes? No? Oh, I agree. So? I totally agree, Sunsu. So let me ask you guys. Yeah. We're talking about age. We all know that our frontal cortex does not fully develop until 25 years old. So how do we feel about making these life-changing decisions, you know, before then when we're not fully developed or not fully, you know, yes, we can, what we can vote, vote at 18. We can uh, drive at seven, 16. Uh, we can drink at 21, but yet, uh, you Join know, the military our brain, at, 18, yeah. at 18, so our brain doesn't fully develop. So, but let's talk about, this is a life-changing decision, right? Because like for transgenders as well, when you have parents who are trying to be supportive and saying, hey, we're, we're okay with you doing all of the hormones and actually changing their body. How do we feel about that? Knowing that, you know, at what age is that okay? Or is it even okay before they're an adult? Like, how do we feel about that? Most people that actually do the injections require the participant to have psychological counseling beforehand. And the only time they don't do it is in there in some place like, excuse my language again, but fuck Maine, who my son did not have a good counselor. And that's why he left. He left San Jose because he knew he wouldn't get the support for hormone injections because he didn't do correct psychological counseling. Mm-hmm. which actually my wife, who's, I, and you guys may not know this, but my wife's a retired nurse. She was an L&D nurse for 35 years at our local hospital. She actually is a big proponent now of the suicide walk. We both do the suicide walk. She actually hooked up one of the big transgender um, surgeons and talked with her and um, found out that the, the amount of counseling required is incredible before they do anything, which I think is great because Sun Tzu, you were mm-hmm. totally yeah. correct. 
I think people don't have the common sense, or not the common sense, excuse me, that's a bad word, don't have the mental, emotional 30. stability until they're right. 25 to make decisions like this. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why they require years of counseling before they will do transgender reassignment surgery. Now, is that is that the case always, like across the board? I, I, no. just, I haven't heard that they require that across the board. So, well, they're supposed to require to counseling. But again, like I said, my son was in Maine, and I, I keep calling him my son because I never saw him as transgender, even though I respected him because he didn't act sure. it, and he left left California, which was the biggest place for transgender, and went to Maine, which was not. So I, there's no disrespect to any transgender people out there. But um, yeah, I mean, they're supposed to require so much counseling before they can even do the injections for hormones. But again, Maine is a backwards place. Love Maine. Both my kids were born there, but they're not up to date or the people that will just say, yes, go ahead and do it. And they don't do it by the national standards for people that know about transgender community. So let me throw out some statistics out there for you guys to kind of chew on. Um, the National Center of Transgender Equity in 2015 found that 40% of all transgender adults have attempted suicide at least once in their lifetime. And 92% of those who have attempted suicide did so before the age of 25. Mm-hmm. So um, they also, the Williams Institute at UCLA Law says that 40% of, of the estimated 1.6 million young people who have experienced homelessness in their lifetime are LGBTQ. Um, so when I read stuff like this, it makes me, the reason why I'm bringing this all up, it's kind of a lot, but the reason why I bring it up is, you know, I brought up nature versus nurture, which makes you kind of, it it relates to the uh, 40% of 1.6 million young people people experiencing homelessness which you know begs the question why like is there was there some emotional mental you know changes because of that experience and then you go into then the suicide rate which is very high um again you know with sean mentioning that they're supposed to go through um you know the psychological stuff which i'm apparently i'm assuming that it doesn't happen for everyone but you know like what do you guys feel about that like you know i, I want to kind of focus more on the nature versus nurture and and just kind of understand like what you feel or what you guys have experienced with maybe someone who chose to be gay or chose to be transgender or do we feel like it's their environment that you know or i guess that goes one and the same is it their environment maybe their parents are i don't think it's the environment you know, or or I, I just think that you're literally born that way. You know, I know I personally know of someone who chose to be gay, but that was like that's a rarity. You know, I the majority but of other gay friends like I a, have. Go ahead. Well, so so if someone say if I believe that it's a mental health issue, okay, let's just say this is hypothetically. Now you have bipolar, you have just depression you have alzheimer's you have all these things that are are genetically passed on right and so some people are are more prone to those uh, mental diseases or or disorders because it's in their genetics now do you think that maybe someone who is transgender and is confused with what they associate themselves with do you think it could potentially be a part of that at all i mean you know especially if you look at some of the mental health issues that could be and their family that could be attributing to that? I mean, does anyone have any thoughts on that? I don't, not at all. I'm with Chris. I think you're born yeah, that think, way. Yeah, I think you're born as well. I think you're born really? that way. What about and you, you know Sean? what? 
Well, let me I'm sorry, I just ran out to see my granddaughter who showed up from Washington, so I missed the question. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, let me let me keep going on that though, uh, Sun Tzu, because I go back to my day, and you know one of the things that I used to just be blown away with was um, the the degree to which you would hide, the degree to which you would try to hook up with someone else that would be gay, and I can I can just remember you know, in bathrooms, literally finding phone numbers, you know, call this, you know, uh, and, and it's like, I'm thinking to myself, man, what, how sad that you'd have to rely on this to try to hook up with somebody in some kind of a way. And then the other side of that is, um, I hitchhiked a lot when I was young, a lot. And, um, I was, exposed at a very before in high school hitchhiking um that was one of the deals when you hitchhiked was that you were quite often hit on and sometimes it was interesting sometimes it was like i'm sitting there all of a sudden i'm the female oh you have kind of nice legs you know and oh you know you look like you're in good shape and then you just kind of oh man come on uh yeah well anyway listen i think i'm done you can let me off here <laughs> Wait, they would say that yeah. to you, Mike? They would say you have oh, nice legs? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, got to yeah. see a picture now. <laughs> and, Sean, and, Mike has nice legs even now at this age. Super nice. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Being serious, or then they might, you know, you get in the car and, hey, what's going on? Hey, I'd like to take you over to the motel and blank, blank, blank. Oop, no thanks. No thanks. Not interested. And you get out of the car, you know? And so when you, when you, when you start to think about how difficult it was, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago for people to even hook up and the secrecy of it and on and on, it's like, why would you choose that? Why would you, why would you, why would you choose? It's just, there was so much negativity associated with being gay. Why would you purposely choose that? So that was part of what led me to believe that. I just think people are born that way. They know they are born that way and they have to fight it and all the social stigma that goes along with it. Telling your parents, you know, on and on. Getting kicked out of the house. If you, that's part of your homeless uh, yep. statistic, don't you think, Sun Tzu? Yeah. You know, when they're te telling mom and dad and they're saying, get the hell out of here. No, I'm not having some fucking gay kid. Get out of here. Get the hell. You know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume that it's from that because there's a lot of homeless, you know, True. kids out there. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. But why would the stigma be so high? Why would it be so high? They can't. They. They don't. Who do they tell? You know, I had. I had a number of gay students over the years that told me they were gay before they told their parents they were gay. You know, that was very. That, that was not uncommon. It's kind of like, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, but, um, you know, I've heard of and know of just a few uh, boys who were sexually molested by a man and that completely confused them. And <clears throat> the ones that I know, you know, they went gay and I don't feel like that was they were born that way. I feel like, like kind of back to what we were talking about, once that line is crossed, especially for a man, it's like. When you, when your body experiences something that you feel should only be experienced with a woman and, and because your body just will react regardless of what you want it to do, that it can just severely confuse a man as to, wait, why did, 
why did I feel this way? I'm not supposed to. And I think that that's, that can lead into where the depression, the confusion, and this isn't everyone, but I'm just saying there are cases like that, right? That we've heard of, like, you know, you hear of all these sexual molestations that have happened, you know, and, and it has confused, especially boys. So Chris, what did you want to say about that? Well, I mean, so again, I know everyone's getting kind of weirded out when I said what crosses the line, because I know a lot of men who like getting pegged by their wives. What does that mean? Oh, God, no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Did you say pegged? I don't know. I've never heard that. Yes. Oh, hold on. I just, oh. Google it. Okay. But don't Google Google images. My brain just Google it. Because, no, seriously. Because, you know, I mean, you know, being penetrated anally for a male, you could indirectly stimulate the prostate, right? And so. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not getting pegged. You're not getting pegged. Anderson might, but but, Chris. But even then, though, if you're with a woman, I think that, like, again, goes back to visual creatures. It goes back to associating. Uh, When you're bending over, I mean, I don't think you're really looking at her. She's slamming herself into your anus. You know? Oh my god! Oh god! We're getting graphic now. Yeah, we're getting really graphic here. But uh, okay, we'll we'll just leave that one for for your own spinoff on uh, all of these experiences. Chris's um, episode coming up on Peg. Yeah. <laughs> to be or not to be—that is the question. <laughs> oh my god! Is that you, Mike? Trying to get in? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I know where you're going with your with your, you know being abused and so on, and that could potentially lead to uh, certainly confusion and so on and so forth. Um, and it potentially could lead to someone leaning or becoming gay in that regard. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I still think you're wired in such a way that you're attracted to certain things and certain things stimulate you and so on and so forth, as, as, you know, toward the other sex or same sex. And, I, you know, I don't think that's going to be a button or a switch that's, that's, that's pushed. And, and I guess the other place I want to go with that is imagining if, if you, as a male you were raped you know, by someone. And I'm thinking prison circumstances would probably be the best. Well, that's probably not a good example. But anyway, would you would you automatically become gay after that? I don't know. I, that that you know, I can. I, only... I don't. I don't think automatically. I, I think you're right. Not, but but I definitely believe that that could result. Did you guys ever watch uh, Oprah Winfrey? I'm sure, you guys have in, at some point in the past. Never yeah. admit it. No. No, I did, I did. I did. I did. I did. So she did a show that um that was from it was catered to men and it was all sexually abused men and Tyler Perry was amongst them. And there was, there are so many men, boys who are now men who have been sexually abused. It is unbelievable how many predators are still out there walking, you know, around because a lot of them don't say anything. They stay quiet and they never turn these people in. But, um, but going back to the point is, you know, they are severely scarred, permanently scarred. I mean, some of them have been able to move on, obviously, but that does take, you know, a lot of like psychological help and therapy and things like that. But then there are some that did turn gay because it totally confused them. It does depend on how long it went, you know, went on for and things like that. So that's the only reason why I bring that up is because I have seen that that has been the case. So as far as being wired, I feel like if you are wired to be heterosexual and, and, and like women, that there can be events in your life that can change that, you know, because depending on how severe it is, 
Yeah, um, especially at a younger age. I agree with you. Exa- exactly, because you're still figuring things out, right? So your right, brain is exactly. still forming. And so your environment does take, you know, a toll on who you become. Just like when you're in an abusive home, right? You, you could be a great, innocent little child, but you're in an abusive home. And you, you take on your environment and that becomes a part of you. So anyways, I just, I appreciate your guys' feedback. Um, Anderson, did you have anything else to add to that? No, ma'am. No, you didn't want to go into your your college. You didn't want to talk about anymore? the Boy Scouts. <laughs> That's on Chris's uh, XX, XX show. <laughs> All right, well we're gonna go up. We're gonna go to break here um, in a minute, so we'll come back and move forward. So we'll be right we'll be back. Right back. Welcome back to We Could Be Wrong, But Who Cares? This is the second half of our episode, and we were just discussing a few things, amongst them uh, transgender, LGBTQ community, and how we feel about that, and raising children, and all that fun stuff. So we'll just keep going uh, from where we left off. Um, Chris, I think you were telling us about uh, your experience with the hands and oh no, the uh, memories. We, I, I was the, done with the that. Nightmares yeah. or no, something no like nightmares. that. <laughs> no, no, no nightmares. All right. All right. Well, we're moving on from that, but I did want to read something because I didn't want to end it that way. We're going to transition into another topic, but I just wanted to um, read something that I thought would be nice and uplifting and leave on a positive note. It says, no matter what challenges we, we may face in life, we are all children of God deserving of each other's kindness and compassion. When we create a supportive environment, we will build charity and empathy for each other and benefit from our combined perspectives and faith. So, I just want to leave off with that on that topic because we should all embrace each other, love each other, accept each other, regardless of our past and what we decide to do with it. So nice. moving, moving on, um, we wanted to talk about uh, how technology could possibly or potentially affect faith or God in our lives. And what I mean by that is, you know, as we progress and, and you know, we've, we've gone from, you know, flip phones to Android phones to iPhones to all kinds of stuff, you know, and, you know, do you, do any of you listening and anyone on the panel feel like as we progress with technology that somehow that that will make God or our faith obsolete, that we will no longer depend on God for help or to, you know, if someone's sick, we know we can go get a prescription or go, put them on some, some sort of machine to help heal them. And is that person just going to stop, you know, praying to God and asking for that spiritual help? Like, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you think about that, Mike? I want to ask oh, you first. Okay. Oh man, you're picking on me. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I've never really thought along that line as far as technology having a, a dramatic impact on faith other than, um, as a as a channel to spread it more effectively or mm-hmm. you know why in a wider range but other than that i really haven't thought about it having a negative impact on religion never really given it much thought to tell you the truth interesting interesting subject no i i think you and i are on the same page with that but i want to just go in a little bit deeper you know you are on, on your personal life, you're helping someone through cancer and all those things. I'm sure there's lots of treatments and things like that involved. Like, do you feel like you lean at all more on the uh, medical, techno- technological side of things, or do you still maintain your faith and 
you know, and leaning on God for help, you know, to assist you through that process. Hmm. Yeah, I never thought about that either. Um, she, she's a very devout Christian, and she believes she's in the Lord's hands. And um, there was a time I remember when uh, it was kind of a, a, a critical point, you know, do we go forward with this? And, or, you know, do we go on with it? And I remember she very clearly, she said, you know what, I know uh, the Lord appreciates the fight that I'm giving here and I'm not going to give up now. I think he would be disappointed in me if I didn't keep fighting. So I guess I'm answering more for her than I am for myself. So, yeah. but I'll, I'll give that as an, as, you know, and I, I, that's to me was, was uh, courageous and inspiring to me. And just, you know, and it's, you know, uh, the story goes on. I don't want to get too crazy with my own personal life here, but she just broke her leg on top of everything else. So, um, yeah, another, another huge things going on. And, um, I just, I just, uh, uh, yeah, I do. I, I don't, it's just like, okay, this is what it is. And this is what we're going to deal with now. And, yeah. you know, today she was very depressed and down. I think it finally hit her today because she came home today, yesterday, and finally had to deal with things more on her own. And it finally hit her. Oh, my gosh, this is going to be so much harder on everybody now. And I'm so sad about that. And to me, it's like, don't even think about it. I don't even go there. I don't even begin to think like that. It's like. This is the challenge that's in front of us. This is what we've been fighting for. We've been fighting for a long time, and we're going to keep on moving forward. Wow. That's how I look at it. Well, we wish her the best and the fast healing, and that's definitely – it's a tough time to be going through all of that with the whole COVID situation. I think that that's just, yeah. you know, just a more difficult situation. But um, Chris – Chris, you, um, I know, have a lot of ideas, and I'd like to see if some of your ideas. ideas will kind of give a us dummy. a segue into. I'm a rock. Come um, on, let's hear it. Let's well, hear it. Let's this, hear it. Okay, so listen, I want to be very careful, but who cares, right? I could be wrong. Listen, for those that are already established in faith, sure, they might not be able to see how technology is making faith obsolete, but there are those here on the panel that don't have faith and that don't believe and finally feel like good. The more technology comes about, the more people could see that it's through our own ingenuity that's getting us from point A to point B. And maybe that could help us treat each other better because we don't have, <clears throat> again, these are for those that are atheists, right? And I don't speak for all atheists, nor do I claim I am one or not, but you know, we could say, finally, we could start treating each other better because this is all we got. So, you know, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by we can treat each other better? Like, what, um, what do you mean? Explain. explain I think that. that faith uh, brings a majority of hate in the world. You know, I know mm -hmm. a lot of people of faith believe the exact opposite, but I believe mm -hmm. that a lot of these wars, I mean, a lot of things that are going on, especially if one side believes one thing, they'll be considered evil because they allow this or they allow that. And, you know, the other team's like, well, my God wouldn't allow that. So that's why I know it's bad. So that's what, you know, that's a possibility. 
you're referring to like more extremists, right? Because that would be more like yeah, an sure, why not? Yeah, on any in any yeah. religion, okay, absolutely. But you know, it's I just feel that before a person who had a stroke or a heart attack, I mean, they were you know, SOL, right? And due to technology and advances in medicine, they have more of a chance to re- to rehabilitate. They have more because of medical knowledge of medicine. They have more of a chance to survive through a stroke or a heart attack where they didn't have that mm-hmm. in the past. So people would pray right away. Oh God, please God, please God. Is it possible that technology actually increases someone's faith and belief in God? I mean, is it possible that because we have these tools and this technology to save lives and to improve a life? And it is possible. It more Absolutely. Anything's possible, but it is also possible that there is no God and that we're just, you know, going as it is without one and we don't need one. That's possible too. So but both question, sides are possible. An atheist, so an atheist, is it someone that just doesn't believe in anything or is it someone that doesn't believe in God, but like maybe a higher being or just another, I don't know greater than them because I didn't okay, claim I to be either. one, but believes Anderson, in nothing. My uncle Anderson, do you know, or what is it? They believe in yeah, nothing. I, I believes in nothing. My uncle was an atheist. They oh, believe okay. in no higher power. Right. Right. So we're, no. we're just here, just here by chance yep. and we're just Correct. living yep. our lives. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Okay. You know. We're evolving. We're evolving. Yep. Yep. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about it, right? Within 150 years, we came from riding horses to flying through the sky, you know? You know, and right. where where are we going to be in 300 years? Like, even now, like, you know, people have computer chips, you know, implanted in their brains to help some blind people see, you know? We could have, you know, cybergenics or something. I don't mean to be all sci-fi Star Trek on you, but it's a possibility. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, it what's really interesting, is. What's interesting We're is... We're heading that way. We're going that way. No absolutely. Doubt. Right. absolutely. But, but instinctively, as you mentioned all of these things, as we're evolving, right. the more I, I... My brain goes to God and, wow, like how amazing he is to have allowed us to have the, the ability to create these things. That's well, let me ask you this then. In. Let me ask you this. What happens when we could stop death, Right. You know what 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 happens, and then what we we, what happens when what when when we okay what happens when we've um sort of intermeshed ourselves with computers, cybernetics, and we find a way to stop um, death and learn how to keep our consciousness forever. You know, then what happens when there's no death and, you know, does our computer simulation become heaven? I sound like a real like wacko, but these these are thoughts. These are things that. I've seen other people say. Yeah, yeah, we do stop death, right? There's people on um, life support, things like that. And so I I don't think that we're mortal beings. There's just no no way around it. There's no way we're going to become immortal on this planet is what I believe. Um, If you guys believe something different, I'd love to hear why. Um, But I I, I believe we have machines and technology that can maintain and keep our bodies living for a time. But I don't think it's going to be in lieu of actually, you know, of death. Like it's going to keep us alive like a normal human being. So I don't know. Well, Chris is talking about basically uh, downloading your consciousness into a machine and, and, and basically connecting with that machine in such a way. Like a robot type of thing? Well, just like a computer. 
Yeah, like a computer of sorts. And then you would be basically your, you know, your physical manifestation, your body is gone, but you still have your consciousness. Are you really summit. alive though? Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. But that's what he's saying. That, that's is that. Am I on it, Chris? Am I with you? Yes. No, you are. But I kind of want to go with what you know. You, Mike, you, you and I are running. We're striding together. But Sean, I want to say, well, you know, you you know of people that are you know extremely elderly and their minds there, but their body's not. Are they still alive? Mm -hmm. Their body's not there no more. Their body can't move, but their mind's sharp. Are they still alive? But but are you going to put their mind in a computer and say it's still them? Right. I don't if it's see their it. consciousness. I mean, no, it's not really their consciousness. Their consciousness is free thinking. Well, again. The computer is programmed thinking. Let me retort, okay? Like, seriously. Let me retort away, brother. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me say this. Okay, Ooh, seriously. I like right this. Now, I like right what now, Chris and Sean. Uh, right Ooh. now, our, our, like right now, I can't imagine how to do it because I'm not that smart, right? I'm not an awesome scientist. But 300 yeah. years from now, sure I mean, <laughs> thank you, sir. You know, back in 1850, no one could even imagine television or cable TV or streaming services. Like, they couldn't even imagine it. So imagine 300 right. years from now how that would be to download yourself into a simulation database. You if saw Westworld. If they could find a way to put the nerves in something – because right now, if you're saying putting in a computer, <clears throat> that's all pre-programmed. There is no variety no, of computer unless no, it's programmed. No, no, I don't agree with that. There are learning computers. No, but there they're all based on options. It's based on right. randomness. Well, There's no, not real. Okay, we disagree, Mike. Okay, a quantum, there are different levels of computing in which they're actually they saying think. that the, well, they're actually saying that the computer is being allowed to make choices. No, they are allowed to make choices, but do they really think based on emotion, or do they well, think no, based on algorithms? No. That they think based on uh, on a pattern. Algorithms, and that, yeah. And, it, and it, it's an expanding pattern, though. It's not a finite pattern. It's an expanding pattern. Humans are not algorithms. Humans are totally emotional. Hey guys, well, yes. doesn't if if a, if a computer is going to to process something doesn't it have to be programmed a certain yeah. way first to be able to do so so it's already being programmed and so it's limited right so it but can't, dear moderator can't think critically but dear moderator i've left yeah. a i have left a back door right meaning okay my brain's too small to articulate what i'm trying to express we all don't know we're not in we're not 300 years in the future so this is kind oh, of a right. you know so who knows maybe there's a way that it will change i mean think about I think it that we're i we, think that we're limited i i don't think that we you can. might be limited but i'm not limited girl i'm, I'm forever <laughs> i think i i think human beings are limited at least to a certain extent i don't i don't think that that well chris i don't I'll I'll give you that. We don't know 300 years in the future what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, just to me, it's like human brains are totally amazing with the neurons that are going through it. Are you scared to die, Sean? Just out of pure curiosity. Are you, are, are you scared to die? No, not at all. Okay. I believe in an afterlife. I'm, I'm a oh. baptized Catholic, and I believe in the afterlife. Okay. So I if, know, Sun Tzu, it's amazing that we think the same there, isn't it? <laughs> so let me ask you. It is. Let me ask you. I for one, I'm not. I'm not afraid of death. I actually, the moment, the moment I start to wrinkle, I told my kids I want to go to the beach and just let me walk into the water and just 
must be gone. I don't want wrinkles on my skin, okay, guys. Okay, Virginia Woolf. Don't worry about that. I already have wrinkles. That's going to happen in a few days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already there. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get already. Okay, how about I'm this? I'm going to respond. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. Please. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, you, Go Mike. Chris. Go ahead. You, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of hearing no, my own voice. Say, I'm going to respond without meaning without meaning to be uh, just totally disagreeing with you, Sun Tzu, but I, you're joking, right? You're joking about the wrinkles? Yeah, of course she is. I'm pretty positive. This girl has wrinkles right now. You have wrinkles right now. Pretty positive. You like you. We don't want you to go Wait a second. I do not have wrinkles. Do not not misguide our listeners. I do not have one wrinkle on my face. I'm sorry. Shansu, are you in your 30s? Sure. Late. And you're close to getting wrinkles. I'm very sorry. I don't want you to go, hon. I had him in my 40s, my wrinkles. So you did let me turn to vanity uh-huh, that I that that I don't you know that's not uh, in good standing with your with your devout faith. How about that? Oh, I know, but you know it could be an accident. I just I just yeah. don't want to wrinkle. Okay, guys, just it could be an accident. You walking into the ocean and not coming out could be an accident. Okay, I like Stop that. Stop judging yeah. me, guys. Stop judging <laughs> me. <laughs> Let's ask Anderson. Anderson, if given a choice, okay, of you being able to be conscious forever or dying and being put in the ground, which one would you choose? Um, that's a good question. Depending where I am in my life. Everything's perfect. So Everything's good. Ground, okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know what? Probably on the ground because, you know, you can live for so long. I'll probably get, I'll get tired. All my friends will be gone. And I'm, my grandfather passed away this year and he was, right. I believe he was 90. Right. And he was ready to go. He was just like, you know what? I'm, he was done. He lived his life. He was happy, and he was ready to go. Mm, that's but good. Of course, that's but, good. But, but of course, as a grandson, yeah. you know, like man, you don't, you don't want to leave. I don't want you to leave. Yeah. But yeah. you got to understand, yeah. you know, he was at that age where his movement was a little slower. It, it, it just sucked, but it is what it is. You, you know, he passed away and quietly, and you know, he's not suffering. Yeah. And did you guys agree that men, especially, they want to die with dignity? They don't want to feel like, you uh, know, people are having to do stuff eh. for them. And, no. You know, I've so. seen it all. I've no. seen all types of death. Yeah, yeah no. I was going to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh-uh. say that's just a men thing. I, I'd say that's humanity, period. Yeah, but. Oh. Yes. Yeah, that's, I can agree with that. I had a but, uh, woman that I had to suction out. And you, like, you're supposed to only suction for 10 seconds or less. But she wanted to breathe very bad. And she wanted me to suction as long as I can so she could breathe because she didn't want to die. And she would say, I don't want to die. And then her daughter would tell her, Mom, you're in pain, this and that. I don't care. I don't want to die. How old is she? Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, maybe 87. Much older? Yeah, oh, 87. Okay. Maybe a 7. 87. And uh, some people, like... I've seen people who wanted to die and they couldn't. They begged, you know. I mean, yes, I've seen that too. So That'd be me, please. What? That'll Lord, be you. Take me. Oh, oh, okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, so, that would take me. Especially <laughs> if I get one wrinkle. Yeah, but um, no, I just. But you I, know what? I want to go back to the faith thing. Yeah, I, I'm a person who I'm not religious. I don't know if right. I consider myself an atheist. Right. But I got to a car wreck. Uh, years back, and um, I had a cracked sternum and a broken that. thumb. 
Uh-huh. And everyone goes, you know, you know, glad you're alive because I could have died, of course, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, did you thank God? And I go, no, I didn't. Who I think was the great engineering of Honda. <laughs> Anderson, are you serious? And Hondas are good cars, actually. Thank you. That's, that's really? That's, that's who you funny. think? That's nice. who I think. I think the great engineer of Honda, and I brought another Honda. I really think that the more we advance in technology, the more separated those who have faith and those who, who do not are going to get. I disagree. I think we need both. We do need both faith and technology. Exactly. You know, faith means yeah. a lot to a lot of people. It brings their spirits up. You have no, I worked head and neck cancer for 10 years at Stanford. Yeah. You have no idea how faith helped people. Was it medically good? I don't know, but it helped them. I just think faith is a beautiful thing. It is. It's a beautiful thing. It's something that technology cannot replace. It cannot Amen. give you that that peace. It can't give you that love, that comfort, all of those things that people feel through faith. For a um, yeah, does it mean anything? But it doesn't matter. If people feel better from it, who cares? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Of, of yeah. a, a man that doesn't have faith like myself, Yeah. Um, I agree with Sean since you said you know if you believe in it and it gives you hope so be it well not only that you know people who believe this as well when you have faith we believe that sometimes miracles happen because of that that faith um if, if you guys don't mind me sharing a story my daughter um she was gosh 18 this is in 2018 she just said she's never been to a club never done anything wrong she's just a really good kid and I uh, went to a club in Artesia um, which I didn't know I've never been out there but it's apparently it's not a great place to be and she went to some of her volleyball girlfriends and when there was some stuff that happened in the club they wanted to leave and some guy decided to shoot up the club and they were aiming at the security and lo and behold my daughter and her friend got hit and Ooh. so my daughter was She's about six feet, you know, volleyball player, and um, she got hit right in the shin, so it fractured her shin, and um, everyone was able to run back into the club. They closed the doors and left her out there, and um, so she, you know, had to deal with the PTSD part of things because, you know, nightmares of being left out there and all those things. Well, long story short, you know, they they put a titanium rod in her, you know, in that bone, the tibia, and four screws, and then just last... This past May, she she was supposed to leave uh, on a mission in March, and in May, um, because of COVID, obviously that didn't happen, but in May, she had a huge bone infection. So, like, right under her knee where the screws were, it just swelled up into, like, this big balloon. It was terrible, and so they had to go in and do another surgery. She was on a pick, um, pick line for six weeks, taking three different antibiotics three times a day. I mean, her life was so regimented. So that for me, you know, for a kid that age, as we all know, we've been that age and we've dealt with silly things and been so disappointed and so, you know, depressed over silly things. This is something that could have easily taken her down, but I truly believe, and I think she, and she's shared this with me, that, that her faith and her belief in God is what, you know, got her through it. And now she's on the other side, on the other end, happy you know, she's learned a lesson. She's taken her challenges and, and took what she's supposed to from it to make her a better person. So um, 
that's just how I believe. And that's how I raise my children. Is I'm just, it's a proud moment to see your kids, you know, um, respond to something like that. So, so Sue, I think there's no downside to faith. I'm happy your daughter's good and I'm happy. I, I pray that she does good. And you know what? I saw this in, in the head and neck cancer for many years. You know, I've seen people go into hospice and come off. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. People don't get some weird thing and just come off hospice. I've seen it many times. You know, yeah. even though I'm not a diehard man of faith, I believe. And I think every once in a while things happen. And it shows me through my medical career that, oh, my God, things can happen. And thank God for your daughter. I'm so happy she's okay. That's, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, you guys. Today has been an amazing episode. We all just seem to get along, and I'm getting a lot of love from my panelists. So I'm loving today. We're going to have to mark this one as the best episode of the season. Should we talk mean before we get off? Make it back to normal? No, wait till next week. Okay, wait till next week. So, real quick, I just want to say one thing. I want to apologize for those who 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 think faith is uh, is is not good because I didn't really give a good argument for you guys to decide. But any listeners out there who don't believe at all and think technology is the way to go and they believe in science, uh, like Nacho Libre, uh, please uh, write into us and uh, give some give some of your points. Um, Sun Tzu was amazing moderator. She kept us in time. Thank you. Um, since, since Sun is doing, is being the moderator, Mike, would you like to sign us out? But I want to hear more about Anderson's college stuff first. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just reiterate, uh, listeners, please, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to know your opinions. So please, if you agree or disagree with any of us, we'd love to hear. So please take the time to write in. All right. Well, thank you for listening in to We Could Be Wrong with your host, Mike, Chris, on Sue and uh, what's the guy's name? Oh yeah, Anderson. Yeah. Um, we're happy you could be here with us tonight and enjoy our show. Um, we look forward to seeing you next week. And Instagram, Sean, don't don't forget the Instagram. It's we underscore could underscore be underscore wrong. Well, you just said it. That's good. Go and go to our and look out for people. Yeah, and look out for uh, our sports show called Yeah Amateur Pros. Yes. Uh, next week will be the premiere of Anderson's lead-based sports show. Oh, uh, our website is up, and for all those who are dying to see what a hunk Anderson is, you could go check out his Oh, God, page. no, I got to change that. <laughs> yeah, I got to send you a picture, too. <laughs> send me pictures, dude. Come on, I got to change this yeah. show. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye. Good night, Good guys. Night. Good night.